is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. A jaunty start to the programme this morning. That was Manteca from Ella Fitzgerald. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here in Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And we put them alongside their equivalents in the world of business, and we call them business shapers. I'm very happy to say my business shaper today is Kim Windsor, O-B-E. She's the founder and CEO of Windsor London, a fashion brand, a new fashion brand, in fact, that was uh, established three years ago. You'll be hearing lots about that business very shortly. In addition to hearing from Kim, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And then, of course, there's the music, and we've got some brilliant music today from one of the masters of jazz, soul and blues, that's Quincy Jones. We've got Sly and the Family Stone, Marlena Shaw, and this from Cannonball Adderley. Cannonball Adley and Bossa Rio Sextet with Groovy Samba. Feeling groovy today with my business shaper. That's Kim Windsor OBE. As I said, I'm going to drop the OBE in a minute. Yeah. It's okay. Um, founder and CEO of Windsor London. And it's a fashion brand, but we're going to, it's great to have you here, firstly. Thank you very much. Thank you. A new, relatively new on the block, sort of, except that, of course, Kim Windsor here has been involved in this industry for a long time. You started at M&S many, yes. many years ago. And I, one of the things I want to pick up with you along this journey we're going to go is the fact that you're a, an unusual entrepreneur and that you started in corporate life. Um, tell me a little bit about your love affair and how you got into, at the age of 17, these really hard-to-get trainee programs at M&S. I'm assuming your love for, food, uh, for fashion and for shoes and things began a lot earlier than that. Yes, I think um, when I was at school, I was um, working Saturdays in retail to earn some cash. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being with people. And I can remember going to my headmaster and sort of explaining I didn't want to get on to university. I wanted to join the Marks and Spencer management team. And he was a bit shocked. Um, I was head girl of the school and I don't think anybody had done something like that before. He automatic I'd go to university and um, I knew what I wanted to do I wanted to be in retail I loved people and the idea of working being with people was was really what I wanted to do so, um, someone tells me you were a good tennis player <laughs> as well I mean if you imagine if you were that age now do you think actually you would have carried on playing tennis because if that that was an option wasn't it it was it was a very tough decision I remember I had the two letters arrived on the same morning um, and I opened them both and I said to my mom what do I do um, I've been offered management training scheme at Marks and Spencers and I've been asked to be go to America to 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 play tennis and um, she was terrific actually she said you've got to do what you want to do what do you what do you really want to do and I said I know this sounds bizarre and I don't think any of my friends are going to understand this but I'd like to go into Marks and Spencers and learn management training. Now let's jump right the way to 2013 because we're going to. There's a few a few um, movements along this this journey, as I said. 
tell me a bit about Windsor London and why you set it up and how um, how important it is to you. Um, I, I think I could see that um, the market was missing somebody who worked with the fabric mills and the yarn suppliers and designed beautiful quality. So it all started with lovely fabrics, lovely quality yarns, then designed the product. And then by doing that, cutting out everything else in between, it meant that the prices were incredible. Um, I was lucky that I'd been in both mid-market with M&S and luxury market with some of the other brands. So I knew how to really work on the beautiful quality, but to how to keep prices really, really tight and to cut out anything that was just going to overload the price of products. So my focus was beautiful quality, cut, style for everybody as well, not not any, you know, not, not running too fast after high fashion, but making everything fashionable. Um, but really focusing on the ladies, really focusing on what they wanted to wear and giving them confidence when they were dressed. And I thought, I'm going to have to do this myself because I couldn't find a brand to buy that had the right structure behind it. Um, in today's dig- digital age, um, I wanted to put the heart of the business in digital, so the online, and then build pop-up stores around it. You're going to find out lots more from my business shape today, Kim Windsor, about Windsor London, which is a, essentially an online business, but also has, as we talked about, some bricks and mortar manifestations. Uh, lots more coming up from Kim. Time for some music, though, right now, and this is one of my all-time favourites. It's Sly and the Family Stone with The Family Affair. The iconic Sly and the Family Stone with Family Affair. Kim Windsor is my business shaper today, founder and CEO of Windsor London. It's a fashion brand, starts online because she wants to put digital at the heart of it, but has got a few uh, well-chosen spots where it emerges in real life. Kim, um, so we've established what what your business is and kind of where the the thought came from. Let's just go back into M&S and corporate life. I think I'm right in saying you were the first woman on the board of M&S. You became... we're in charge of women's fashion, women's wear. Um, small job, small company. No one's really heard of it. Marks and Spencer, just to clarify. Um, and you've also done some interesting things. You you um, have worked and led the Pringle of Scotland brand, Aqua Scutum, big companies. Where obviously, what did you learn first at MS? If you had to boil it down to one thing in all that, it was almost how many years? Twenty years or so, I'm guessing. What was it you picked up from that? And then what made you think, you know what, I want to crack at running these other businesses? Um, I loved my time at Marks and Spencers, absolutely loved it. Um, And my decision to leave was purely because I wanted to run my own company. Um, But I think it'd be hard to say one thing, but if I'm allowed to say two, I would say the people, um, a phenomenal team. Uh, I think that that you cannot underrate how important a team, a really strong team um, and a brand. You've really got to put your heart into what a brand is and what it means to the customer so that when the customer thinks of Windsor London or Marks and Spencers, they're thinking of something automatically. Um, So brand values. So two things. And I imagine then that if you take brand, you take take people and you then are given an, a possi- an opportunity or a problem to solve. Pringle, I believe, you ran the Pringle business, had a stake in that business for six years. 
when you were doing that, were those just were those the two kind of beacons that you kept focused on? Yes, I mean the brand obviously sums up quite a lot of things because Pringle was born in 1815, so it's now over 200 years old. So there was something in its heritage. I mean, for a business to survive for over 200 years, it's got some amazing stories to tell. So, but that I would sum up is part of the brand. Um, and yes, the first thing I did there was to build a team. Um, and obviously, as the business got bigger and bigger and bigger, is is finding the talent and making sure they work together as a team. Sometimes you can find phenomenal talent, but actually they don't fit so easily with the team that you've got. So you have to bear both in mind when you're when you're building a business and building a team. An Aquascutum, similar experience? Yes, yeah, similar but very different. Um, Aquascutum was was really taken out of being British, you know, decade or so before I bought, bought into it. Um, and so the biggest business was Asia. So even though its heart was London and its, it's uh, British business, um, the bulk of the business was actually based in Asia. So it was a, it was a different scenario to Pringle. Um, but both needed updating, both needed to be modernised restructured um, and a new story being told to make them relevant now I'm, I've just touched on those two you've been uh, you've been non-exec director on big companies as well you're a trustee at the Natural History Museum I mean there's all sorts of things that are just fantastic you've advised Natim has an over at Netaportia and so on and so forth was it a great decision not to go to university sounds like it um, I think at that time, um, uh, I knew what I wanted to do. I think it's all about whether you know what you want to do. Um, I'm not sure uh, if you'd spoken to me at 18, I would have said I'm going to launch my own fashion business. But I sort of knew the space I wanted to be in. Um, and if I'd gone to university, I would have done mathematics. And I don't know really what what I would have benefited from another three years. So it suited me, whereas my son got his A-level results fairly recently, and I think it's absolutely right for him that he's um, going off to university because he's not ready yet to decide what he wants to do in three years' time. Stay with me for more of the important decisions that Kim Windsor has made along the way to ensure that she's now running her own successful business. Ladies, travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondoret for your business. My name's Sharon Tan. I'm a partner in the employment team at Mishcon Dorea. And at Mishcon, we advise all sorts of clients. Um, one minute we will be advising a global corporation, the next it will be a senior executive, and the next it will be an entrepreneur who's just starting out in business for the very first time with the latest new idea. But one thing that's common to all of those businesses, big and small, is social media. We live in a digital age. And obviously that brings some very significant benefits and advantages from a business perspective, but it also brings with it significant risks, particularly when you introduce the unpredictable factor into the equation, which is, of course, human nature and sometimes human error. So employees of all levels these days have a presence on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, to name but a few. And um, whenever they post on social media, they're obviously representing themselves personally. But in certain situations, they're also representing the employer, whether they mean to or not. And in those circumstances, there is the potential for significant damage to be caused to the business, irrespective of the size of the business, if the employee happens to say something that causes reputational damage. And so really a good piece of advice for all businesses, irrespective of size, is to make sure that the employment contracts are properly drafted, that the social media policy is in place, and that all of those things have been clearly communicated to the employees, so that everybody knows in advance where the line's drawn and what the sanctions are if somebody happens to cross the line. 
Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I'm very lucky because I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business. If you've missed any of those people that I've been interviewing over the last few years, then go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz Shapers, and you'll find them there. And if you happen to be travelling on British Airways in the near future, you're also able to tap into a few of our select guests right there as well. Kim Windsor is my select guest today. She's the um, founder and CEO of Windsor London. It's a fashion brand, a relatively new fashion brand. And it's one of those three-year overnight successes, isn't it? Except that, of course, Kim's been doing what she does for many, many years. I asked you a question about what you picked up from the M&S experience and I asked you for one of course you gave me two because you can break the rules because that's what you do <laughs> when you set your own business up what were the other experiences as you look at look back and you go do you know what if I hadn't had that happen to me I wouldn't be right here and I'm really I'm focusing more on what didn't go well because obviously if someone's listening now they'll go well this is an incredibly successful person well, I made. Um, I wanted to buy Aquascutum uh, when I was running it, um, and I we we put together a management buyout of the business. Um, but actually, the Japanese owners decided to split it up into parts and sell the three parts separately. So. Japan was sold, China was sold, and the rest of the world, which I didn't want. I, I felt that the brand should be kept together as one. I understand why they wanted to do it, but I didn't agree with it. It's not how I would run a brand. So I lost that. Uh, I had to walk away from that. Um, and then I think it was probably at that moment, even though I then went with Natalie to work at Net-A-Porter and uh, also to chair Agent Provocateur, in my mind, I was already beginning to think I need to buy a business that is in the structure that I would like it to be, so much more modern structure. Um, and then that sort of developed into, and in that case, I'll set one up myself if I can't find one. It sounds like you've always been very clear about what you need to do next. Where's that clarity come from, do you think? I, I'm, I, I suppose my passion is people actually. Um, if anyone was to say, what is your passion? So there's nothing better for me to sit and listen to people and talk to people and learn from people. At the end of the day, I'm in a consumer space. And actually, my my business, if I'm doing a really, really good job for my customers, then I'm doing a good job. It's not about doing a good job for myself or even my team, who I'm delighted to work with. But at the end of the day, it's all about our customers. So I think it's it's becomes clear if you listen to enough of your customers and you listen properly, um, then you're doing the job for them. Then the solutions are fairly clear. Stay with me for more from my business show today, Kim Windsor. Time for some more music. And this is Marlena Shaw with another big number here on Jazz Shapers. It's California Soul. <laughs> in your ear, but you can't forget from sundown to sunset, it's all in the air, you hear it everywhere, no matter what you do. Marlena Shaw with California Soul. Kim, um, we're talking about that clarity and talking about listening to customers, and that's all well and good, but there must be more to it, because... Everyone has clarity to a point, or rather lack of clarity, but it isn't all focused on one particular thing. I think there must be more that comes from within, and, and if so, what is it, and where's that come from? I think one of the, the biggest gifts you can ever give anyone, and I, obviously I feel like this as a mother, but 
any gift, if you can give confidence to somebody, um, I think it helps them. Um, and everything that they do then can fuel that confidence. So I think obviously you can only be confident in what you do if you really know what you're doing. So you have to be talented and you really have to know your business. But confidence is a special gift as a, uh, as a special gift to somebody to have as well. And I think um, that in way we dress women, one of the most important things for me is that if you get dressed and you feel good in what you're wearing, it actually does help you throughout the day. It's a very small thing, but it can make your day great. Um, the number of women that say if they've got dressed badly in the morning, it actually interferes with their thought process all day because they wish they hadn't worn what they were wearing. Something could be very uncomfortable or could look pretty bad after a few hours because the quality isn't good. But I think if you can give people confidence, immediately you feel happier and it helps you conduct your day better. When you were first put on the board at M&S, <laughs> I mean, I imagine, you were, I imagine you were confident, but you were probably fearful that it was going to be difficult. Um, is that true? I remember one my one of my first board meetings, and um, the chairman, um, Sir Richard Greenbury, said, um, "Oh, I've got this amazing." He was telling a joke, and he looked around. And he said, "It's okay. I can say this. There's no women in the room." And I was sat next to him, and I went, oh, "Excuse me," and he said, "Oh, you're you're one of the boys." And I remember going home thinking. Am I dressing like one of the boys? <laughs> um, why, why am I called one of the boys? Um, and after that, I thought, okay, uh, gone with the jackets. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. And if I want to wear a dress into the boardroom, it's, so, as long as it's respectful, mm. you know, I'm not going to wear um, something that's disrespectful to, to everybody in the meeting. But I suddenly realised that um, it was an odd. It was a very. It was a moment for me to mm. think. Actually, everybody should be exactly who they are at every meeting. And that's when you get the most out of them. What I find interesting as well as you recount that story is you haven't even mentioned gender at all. And it's like some people would say they would be offended by the fact they say, it's okay, she's one of the boys and then makes a sexist joke or whatever it might be. Has that, and we haven't even touched on this, you're a very powerful and successful woman in business, but it doesn't seem to be something that you connect with in a in a in a kind of defensive way or a negative way at all no i i i most of the board meetings i'm in i'm either the only female or, or maybe there's a couple of us you know when i'm working on other boards um but there's never a queue for the loo for the women's loo it's great <laughs> <laughs> i love it she's just completely focused on the positive side brilliant uh, stay with me for my final chat with kim um plus some music from quincy jones that's after the latest traffic and travel jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The one and only Quincy Jones with Killer Joe. Just for a few more minutes, I have Kim Windsor with me as my business shaper. And Kim, we've touched on um, gender, kind of, but you not dismissed it, but you said, you know, it's about being good at what you do and, and, and getting on with it. We've talked about different kinds of experiences and not going to university being right for you. You've now got your own business. You created it in your own image, if you like, your structure. You didn't have to buy into and then change something. 
What happens next? I mean, how big do you want to be? Well, when I've built um, Windsor London, I've built it to be quite a modern structure. So um, a lot of the people work remotely, which I think is fantastic. So I can have my knitwear designer happens to live in Scotland. Um, If I didn't have a remotely based business, that would be very difficult or she'd have to move to London. So it's allowed me to have the talented team that I have and they can live anywhere in the country uh, and do um, and also actually some are abroad as well um, but mostly spread out throughout the UK um, also I've built it so that every senior person recruits somebody young straight from university because I'm really passionate about giving people a really good opportunity um, so that could be university college or school so each of the divisions has young people in each part of the company so that's really keeping us very fresh and giving a great opportunity to, to youngsters in the business as well so we like to break a few rules we like to do things our own way um, but the business is getting bigger and bigger. The last three years, each year, we've been more than doubling our business. So we are now quite a uh, moving from a small to a medium sized business fairly quickly. Um, we've America has pulled us. Um, so as opposed to us pushing into America, um, we've really been pulled into America. The American women are really liking the collection um, and really enjoying the clothes. And we notice that as a digitally based business, you can see on your website where where people are shopping and where they're shipping to. So we now ship to nine countries um, and including the States. The States is nearly about 15, 16% of our total business. Um, that's why we've opened the store in California. So um, I see it growing very nicely. Um, I'm not interested in pushing it too hard. I just want it to grow because the customers want more and more product mm. from us. Is it a great feeling to have that sense of ownership which is much deeper and wider because it is yours and because you are as you said breaking the rules i love the idea of having a young graduate young person in with a more senior person it just felt that feels like exactly where things should be how how does that make you feel versus where it has been before i imagine it's been nibbling at that great feeling but this must be bigger I did surprise everybody going from corporate to a setup. Um, it's really very unusual to do it that way around. But I really believe in a new model, a new business, a new structure, a new way of working for people. So I'm really very excited about it. It would be hard to say I disliked any other part of my career. I've been very lucky. Um, I've had a really terrific career and a lot of support and good teams. But this is this is it. This is the special bit. This is the bit that is very special to set something up that you really wanted and to be able to pick your team and, and to really develop with a really strong group of people, um, something which customers are really enjoying. So it is special, yes. Well, I can see that in the, the, the look in your eyes that it is genuinely something that really is, uh, is kind of what you're meant to do, and that's brilliant to see. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Um, just before I let you disappear, um, <laughs> what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Well, because I love watching young talent, um, I heard uh, Izzy Bazoo earlier this year and I really loved her voice. I thought there was a little bit of Amy in her, Amy Winehouse. And I, the more I read up about her, I realised that she was born and brought up listening to James Brown and Ella Fitzgerald, two of my favourites. And so I just had to listen to more and more of her songs. And this one, which is called Diamond, and let's face it, what girl doesn't like a diamond? Um, I love this track, so I would like to share it with everybody. Fantastic. Here it is just for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
was Diamond from Izzy Bizu, the song choice of my business shaper today, Kim Windsor. Super clear, a super clear person who has made great decisions along the way based on huge amounts of confidence, which I think she has also grown as she has evolved herself. She's kept people at the centre of what she thinks about and she's understood that brand is critical in her world. And boy, has she done well as a result. Fantastic stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am sharp here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers next Saturday morning. But in the meantime, there is much more coming up here on Jazz FM with Mr. Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.